of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Enzo's my boy. Enzo's your boy? Yep. It's Ezio. You fucking big fan. You fucking liar. You little fucking... You're, 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 uh, I don't know what the bad people are called in that game. The Templars? You're a fucking Assassin's Creed master, Mike. You, you're playing me. You're playing me for mm-hmm. a fool. What is your shirt today? Yeah, yeah, this one's One Piece. Is that a real character? Is that a mashup? Of, is it Chef Guaridi? It's a real character. Is he Chef Guaridi in the show? No. Who is Zef? Zef, the chef? I guess that's what we're going to call I mean, is he a chef? He's wearing a big yes, old he's chef he's hat. Chef. So he's Zef the chef. Yeah. Is he like a chef on the show? It's you're being overly uh, reductive on. I mean, I don't. I don't know anything about One Piece. I know, I know there's the 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 Go and Mary, mm-hmm. and there's the, you know, there's Luffy. Mm-hmm. He's got stretchy arms. Yeah, that's true. Is he made of rubber? I mean, he's he ate the the gum gum fruit, and he, he has the power to stretch like rubber. Does anyone else have that power? No. Why doesn't someone else eat the gum gum fruit? Well, once you eat it, then it's fucking gone. There's only one in the whole world. Well, once world? you well, the, once you like take a bite of it, then you get that power. And then it's just like a bad tasting fruit to anyone else. Although that uh, seems that seems later on the lazy. story. Later on the story, um, I think we find out that if like someone who has a power ends up dying, then the fruit respawns somewhere. Interesting. So the way the fruit functions is only one person is allowed to have it. Mm-hmm. And when that person's gone, the fruit comes back. Yeah. Although it gets further complicated with whatever Blackbeard did, but that's that's a whole... What did he do? Typically, only you're supposed to only be able to have one power at a time, but Blackbeard, and they haven't explained how, has the ability to have two fruit powers. So that's what makes him very dangerous at the moment. Mike, I have never watched an episode of One Piece... Mm-hmm. Should I buy one of the games that's on sale on Switch? Will it will it teach me One Piece? I don't know if any of those games are good. Like Worlds Ablaze or something? World Blazing Worlds, Blazing something, Blazing something? Burning Blood? Burning Blood. I knew there was flames. Burning Blazing. Mm. It was bees. Bees, you're you were just on the cusp. I was right there. I was right there. I was close. I don't know. I I think I own that game on Xbox. I don't think I played it. That's my guy. That's my man right there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pass Control Podcast. Each and every week, we sit down and talk to you about the latest in video games and nerd culture. Sometimes we talk too much about Overwatch, sometimes we have guests. Other times, we're just here, a couple of guys hanging out, a couple of friends, having some beverages, having a good time. As always, I'm your host, Brennan Groom, and joining me tonight is the anime senpai himself, schooling me currently on Overwatch, One Piece, Mr. Michael Desire. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Yeah. 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 You took a nap. You had a delicious buffalo chicken sub, mm-hmm. and you're just mad. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. You gotta. You gotta wow me. You gotta wow me. This is on me. Yeah. That seems a little, a lot to ask. Well, you asked. I mean, I'm already down. I'm already at like a ten, Mike. You want me to go to a thirty-seven? I don't know what that means. I don't either. But that's what you want me to do. I'm already at a ten. I'm already at ten. Okay. I don't think, yeah, you don't know what that means either. I don't either. We'll get you there, Mike. Hmm. So, before we get into some of the things we're going to talk about tonight, how are you, or I guess what are you playing, besides Overwatch, since we always play Overwatch? Uh, Beat Saber. Talk to me about this. They recently added a few new tracks, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. 
How are you, how are you feeling? Have you been working in Beat Saber on a regular basis, or just recently you've been playing it again? Recently been playing it again, but not with any consistency. It's more like, it's more like as of late, I never felt like putting the VR back in like the cabinet. So like it's sitting there, and mm. that's more easily accessible for me to be like, all right, let me just throw it on, turn it on the PS4. Are you playing other VR games or just uh, uh, Beat Saber? I literally just tried Wipeout or whatever that game was called. Yeah, I think it's called Wipeout, just to see how the VR worked in it, and that was about it. How was that? Because I haven't downloaded it yet. It was all right. Um, I don't know how that game works. It was, it was like a very fast Mario Kart in like space. So like F Zero. Yeah. But with items, I guess. I think there were items there. Okay. Worth downloading? I mean, it's free. It's free, yeah. Do you think you'll revisit it another time? Maybe. Can you play it non in VR as well? Yeah. Is the, How is the VR in it? Is it like... I... When you put on the VR, like, you can set it to be like you're in the cockpit of whatever vehicle you're driving, mm-hmm. and then you're driving around. I feel like... I don't know if there's, like, something I can tweak to make it so that way the peripherals are also shown because like the way it's set up now it's almost like the cockpit has like blinders on the sides and I'd like to be able to like kind of turn my head and like look to the side rather than have those blinders there okay yeah I mean I guess that makes sense do you um do you think you'll play any more of it or I I couldn't see that far into the future it's a sight to be seen what now, Beat Saber, are you just playing it? Because so I don't. I mean, I don't know if the listeners are aware, but like you know, I have been playing Beat Saber more regularly as like a workout. Mm-hmm. Are, is that what you're doing with it too, or are you just fucking going in there for funsies? It could be both. Are you like trying to do? I in I, a, I don't know what I'm trying in to an do. exhaustive capacity. I play for a bit. I get sweaty. My watch says I burned like a hundred calories. I'm like, I don't know if that's a lot or not, but. That's cool. I mean, it's not. The sub that you just ate was probably easily like a 1,000 calories. Oh, interesting. Like, I, I would dare to say that the sub you had was at least like 1,000 to 1,500 calories. Mm. I mean, I don't know if all... I don't know if it's required. It might be required, actually, for fast food restaurants in Massachusetts to have the calorie content on there. Mm. I know some of them do. I don't know if it's required or not, but like... I mean, the next time you go in a drive through it should say at least oh at I w- think I've seen I've at seen at Wendy's, it's like a six piece spicy nug is like 700 calories worth it so I mean food for thought stuff to consider as we get into our older age mm-hmm. I'm not gonna start counting calories but I definitely like try to keep my intake to a I mean let's just take a peek at this guy right here we got this Mountain Dew that you already crushed is mm-hmm. 170 Mike and then the way they get you that says one serving size but a lot of times it's like you look at the back of a food on the nutritional facts, yeah. it'll say like 80 calories, but it's per serving. And then if you look above that or below that, it'll say like servings per container or servings, serving size is like eight Cheez-Its. So like eight Cheez-Its is 700 calories, but if you eat fucking half a box, you just add like... A million? Yeah. Maybe? Something Who like knows? that math. It's, it's really like disturbing, especially with like shitty food, junk food and stuff. When you look at the label... It ain't, it ain't good. Mm. And I do want to I wanna go on the record here for a second, actually, since we brought up junk food for a second. Uh, two or three episodes ago, we had a little chat with Joe, Cheeto, and yourself about snack foods. Mm-hmm. 
I felt like I needed to give Pringles another chance because maybe, according to them, I just had a shitty flavor of Pringle. Yeah. So I went to the gas station. I was like, oh, I'm going to grab a bag of hot fries. I got two. Uh, and then I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to give Pringles another shot. And I'm going to go with pizza because they said it was the fucking S tier. So yeah. I got it. And let me tell you, it's not bad. Yeah. I don't think it makes S tier for me personally. Yeah. And I doubt it even cracks like my top 10 snacks. Mm-hmm. Probably not. But I now I now understand, okay, Pringles aren't that bad. Mr. Mustache is very glad to, get, glad to hear that. Listen, I gotta I gotta keep it real with the fans. I gotta be honest about you know I don't want I like to be honest about my opinions and listen I I was told that I was chose a bad flavor mm-hmm. and again I'm not I'm not out here trying to say it's an S tier snack, but I, I I I would eat that again. It's right. good to know. I would I would get back in there. Would I choose that if I went to the store as like a let me get the snacks for the group. Would I choose that? Probably only if Joe was here. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to get these for Joe. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm out. Funyuns, on the other hand, get the fuck away. I'm not doing that shit. Nothing fun about Funyuns. Um, so normally, normally I don't talk to the chat while we're recording. Yeah. But this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And clearly, either someone trying to be funny or spam. It's it's a paragraph. Yeah. So I'm going to read this, and I'm not going to show it to the person because it's clearly just garbage. Mm-hmm. Hello, my friend. I am administrator of Pornhub. Okay. TM. There's also, th- there's already like... Spelling errors? Yes, there's okay. already errors. We have noticed you haven't logged in for two weeks. We're just checking to see that everything is okay with our biggest fan. Since you visited us last time, we've updated the gay section with many videos we know you'll enjoy see you soon so this person is just really, this is, really trying to like sell a, a, a really not funny joke this is the kind of uh, you know the kind of um, outreach I like to see from our big our big uh, corporations out there like they're looking out for not just like their their bottom dollar but you know they're they're tried and true fans yeah Listen, um, I'm not against porn in any way. I'm like, I'm not, like, but that was just a, a bad taste joke. I'm going to come in here. There's two guys screaming. Let me say they watch gay porn. What if we did? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, nothing wrong with yeah. that. So get your poor taste joke out of my, out of my fucking chat. Anyways, back to the podcast. We don't normally do that, but I, I, I thought that was worth, that was just organic content that presented itself. Mm-hmm. So I felt like it needed to be said. Plus, I had to read it, so if you had to fucking read it too, Mike. No, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I know you did. I know you would have liked it. Anyways, so other than uh, the old Beat Saber in the white is wipeout. Yeah, which I which I played for a grand total of five minutes. Um, Did you did you enjoy the new songs? You haven't beaten any of them, right? Haven't beaten any of them, so I haven't heard any of the songs all the way through. Yeah. They are difficult. They're not easy songs. And I like that because it gives me more reason to keep playing the song. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, they're they're difficult. Because I try to play everything on hard or expert. And I my first couple plays on them, I couldn't beat them mm-hmm. on either. Obviously, if I can't beat it on hard, I'm probably not beating it on expert. But yeah. I couldn't beat it on hard. Um, I hope they continue to add more stuff. Yeah. Even if it's paid content, I'll pay for... If they gave us more options, I'd love to pay pay more money. I mean, I 
I mean, well, I'd also love free stuff too, but I had no problem paying for the fucking Imagine Dragons content. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pay for other music if it's something that, like, I want to, you know, jam yeah. out to. <clears throat> Have you been playing anything else besides those, or? Uh, no. Now, I know you've been playing Overwatch, and I know we've talked about the recent changes and whatever. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get into that just yet, but we will talk about Roloff because I fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but since we are on the topic of VR for a moment, I kind of wanted to elaborate on a conversation you and I had the other night at BitBar over a couple of Danky Kangs. Uh, was it about Crazy Taxi? It, part of it probably was. But at some point we were talking about... Um, how I just recently went back and one night I was like, oh, let me just, I never finished Super Hot. Let me just bang out Super Hot. So mm. I finished Super Hot on Xbox. I had like a few levels left. So I finished that phenomenal game. And then after one of my Beat Saber workouts, I was like, you know what? I have Super Hot VR downloaded. I just haven't played it yet. I got my VR headset on. All right. Let's see what this is all about. And somehow I think that Super Hot VR is better than Super Hot. That's a fair, that's I mean, a fair assessment. And that's like Super Hot is a great game. Like I think, I think if you have any interest in, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say if you had an interest in first-person shooters because I wouldn't even really consider it that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, what, what category would Super Hot fall into for you? It's like a first-person like, shooter puzzle. Puzzle, right? Like I would, I would put it closer to Portal than I would like a first-person shooter. Yeah. In regards to like you're playing it in first person, but you like you said it's a puzzle game. You kind of kind of figure out the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a little bit of wiggle room. Like I'm sure there's multiple ways to to get through levels. Yeah. You don't have to like do a specific path. Um, but I, I definitely think it's like if you have any interest in that, like if if the concept of what Superheart is is intriguing to you in any way, I would definitely check it out. It's it's pretty great. I think you can get it pretty cheap these days too. The the regular game, not the VR game. Yeah. Um. But for whatever reason, I just never. And I know you had previously said Super Hard VR was like dope, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I downloaded it, but I just never got around to playing it because I'm lazy about putting on my VR headset. Um. But holy shit! Like I was blown away with how good it was. Yeah. Like, it functions pretty much the same way as regular super hot except for you are in that that virtual space mm-hmm. so you're moving and when you move just like in regular super hot everything else starts to move with you um but like i was after the first couple levels i was like way into it like i was like crouching down like i was like aggressively moving around like trying to reach out and grab like do crazy shit like i was yeah. i was way into it like i'm excited for more time with that like I will, cannot wait to hop in that to that again this weekend I will say that as opposed to pretty much any other game I've played in VR so far at home I feel like I usually have good control or awareness of my space mm-hmm. in super hot VR at one point I walked into my wall because it like it gets kind of intense yeah, it's pretty intense. And I mean, I don't know how how intense it gets further down the line, but at least in one of the levels I was on, like people start to come from your like blind spots. Yeah. So now, like whenever I enter a room, like the first thing I do is like look around, like where where are these people at? Like, mm-hmm. so I was uh, I lost track of where I was in my living room, 
and I, I didn't actually walk into the wall, but, like, I reached out with my right hand yeah. and, like, kind of, like, something. I hit the wall, but, like, I don't know what I'm doing, so, like, I'm still at that floor, so, like, I, like, kind of started to go into the wall, and then I realized I was, like, at the closet door, so I was, like, all right, let me... Where, I was like, where am I right now? I literally, Jen was like in the kitchen, and I was like, wait, where am I right now? And she's like, in the living room? I'm like, you don't get it. You don't know what's going on right now. Um, but other than that, I, I composed myself after when I realized that I was like going outside of where I should be. And I feel like the game tries to warn you a little bit. I think if you go out of its like zone, it kind of says like out of... Out of play error. Yeah. yeah, I get that error message a lot. So I, I feel like it tries to keep you in a contained zone. Um... But after I did that, I was also way more conscious of, like, I'm going to make sure I'm not moving my feet around too much and, you know, just kind of move my body. Mm. Or if I'm moving my feet, like, I'm using one, like, I'm not taking steps. I'm just, like, extending one foot out to yeah. go a certain way. I think once you are aware of that space, it, it is easier to manage. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe it varies by user. Maybe navigating virtual space is different for everyone. You get in, you get invested in where you are you kind of lose track of the reality around you maybe i don't know hmm. but uh I, holy shit like i'm i'm blown away like it's really fucking good like i expected it to be good but it's like really fucking good yeah it is and part of the reason why i'm bringing this up is to is a we we're talking about what we've been playing but also it, what we spoke about a bit part the other night was uh how like granted we haven't played the most vr games in the world but I think we both agreed that Beat Saber was an essential VR experience, mm-hmm. where it showcased the technology really well. Yeah. If not like at its peak, like it's like a it's a great showcase for what the platform can do, like mm-hmm. VR in general. Um, are there any other games that you've played or? or have watched or have heard about or seen that you would put into that category? Uh, would Super Hard VR make those ranks for you? Super, like if I, if I had to like, if some person came up to me in the street and was like, hey listen, I want to play some VR game, what games should I play? And I'd be like, well, what do you have? Well, first I'd be like, who are you? But, <laughs> get, get past the, yeah, get past that. If I get past like the pleasantries and formalities, I'd be like, all right, well, get Beat Saber. And I'm playing I, Beat Saber. I'm playing Beat Saber. I'd probably say Super Hot. You know, I'd be like, you know what? Just give it a shot. It'll, it's definitely a, um, a unique premise. Yeah, and it's a good sh- it's a good showcase of the of the tech. I would say. Yeah. Like I think it for for the type of game that it is. I think it it nails a lot of the hallmarks of wake up what 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 you can do in VR that you can't mm-hmm. do with outside of VR. Right. Ooh. But outside of that, um, I haven't played enough VR games to be like, yeah, also play fucking Creed or whatever. Yeah. But you have that, don't you? I have Creed. Did you play it? Didn't play it. Test it out to see what's like. I should, but I'm fairly certain it's it's on a disc, which means I would have to, like, take Persona out. Put Persona back in this case. Or you just put it in the Creed case. Yeah, but then, then I have to be, like, swapping them out. It's like. It's just too much. Well, you just got to check it one time, see what it's like, you know? Yeah. And then if you don't like it, you just put it back in the case and you never touch it again. Trade it into fucking GameStop and get some V-Bucks. Yeah. So you can download that new Fortnite skin. Mm -hmm, mm 
Is uh, that really how transactions work in, at, at GameStop now? Yeah, they only give you, uh, they don't give you store credit or cash anymore. They just give you V-Bucks. Okay. Interesting. They that don't, is. but I feel like that might be a way to swing their business back around. Mm. Listen, 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 listen. We're going to give you 30 cents of V-Bucks. I can get you a long ways. Uh, I can get you one of those uh, sprays, right? Do they use sprays in that game? Yeah. Okay. Listen, as far as trade and value at GameStop goes, it is usually fucking garbo, mm-hmm. which is why I don't really trade stuff into there. I've traded things into there in the past that, like, I got less than a dollar for. That is just insanity to me. I digress. Highway robbery. I. This is the reason why that business is going out. Part of it's because everyone's going digital. Mm-hmm. But, anyways. Uh, for stuff that I've played in VR, I would say that Astrobot is a really good showcase of what a VR platformer can be. Um, I was like, anytime I've played Astrobot, Bart. Astrobot, I've had a smile on my face. It's been an experience that, you know, feels to me like if Nintendo made a platforming VR game. It is it is very well done. It, that is high praise. It is a it is a really really good game. And then I would probably this is a tough one. Personally, I would put Tetris Effect there because just just because I feel like Tetris Effect is a really really great experience. Um. I don't know if it necessarily does like anything too groundbreaking or like you know phenomenal or really take advantage of the VR platform, mm-hmm. but it is a really solid experience and, and a very immersive experience. It, it somehow makes Tetris this like f- feeling. Um, one even may say it has an effect on you. I don't like you very much. I know. Most people don't. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, I've played some other stuff. Uh, but from the things that I've played, th- those seem to be the things. I'm really interested in checking out the new update to No Man's Sky, just because I think that would be a really, really cool thing to experience in VR. So I think that might make its way into my uh, library in the distant, the not-too-distant future. Mm. Um, but other than that, I've been pretty much playing... Fire Emblem Three Houses. I cannot take myself away from it. I play it every night. It is super addicting. It is quickly becoming my game of the year. Right now, it's it's basically between for me from what I've played, my game of the year would be between Cadence of Hyrule, which is still currently my game of the year, and Fire Emblem Three Houses. And then below that would be the Division Two and and Super Mario Maker Two. But there's still you know. A few months left in the year, and there's some, there's some bangers that are scheduled to drop that may give some of those a run for their money. But holy shit, am I wowed by Fire Emblem Three Houses? I don't think I've gone into it on a podcast. I don't know. I don't listen to the show. I know you don't. Um, uh, but basically, it takes all of the good stuff of Fire Emblem and then injects Persona into it, and. You tell me if that's a bad idea, because it's not. It's a great idea. Okay. I think you... See, do you like strategy RPGs? No. Do you like RPGs? I don't think so. But you like Persona? I played Persona. You don't I, like Persona? I played Persona. I'm still on... I'm still on Castle number three. Palace number three. 
and um, haven't gotten back to it because I forgot what I was doing. Interesting. Um, it's good, Mike. It's real good. So Fire Emblem always had these, or at least in the games that I've played, they've always had like light romancing, but but you your units like your your people like friendship levels which if you raise them they have like better stats in the field and they you know can help each other like like if you work your units together they grow like in the game together so they can be more successful in the battlefield so it still has all that but it also adds in this whole you're basically the 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 beginning part of the game there's three houses and you choose which one you're going to side with and you're all these classes in a monastery and you have your so whichever one you choose like those are your people so like when you go into a battle those are who you take and like you're you're basically at least the first half of the game and then there's a thing that happens in the middle of the game and I don't know what the rest of the game is like because I'm trying to avoid any spoilers at all um and I'm taking my time I've put in almost 40 hours and I am I'm not even at the halfway point of the game um but basically, you spend... It's like laid out like persona, like a calendar. Like you spend your weekdays teaching your class because you're the professor. You teach them like what you want to... Like you basically... I want to work on this person's sword skills or this person's whatever. And you're like teaching them throughout the week. And then when the weekend comes around, you can choose to hang around the monastery or go into battle and... I feel like I probably spend too much time at the monastery and I probably should go into battles more often. But when you choose to stay at the at the monastery, you like can go around the monastery and like talk to all your people and like get missions and like find lost items and be like, Hey Mike, did you drop this chapstick? And it's like, Oh my god, I love you and if you like give it to the right person, like you found my chapstick. Your fucking levels go up because you fucking brought them their lost chapstick and shit like that. There's other things you can do, there's fishing and like whatever. But like there's things that do. You can cook with people on your team so you can like if someone in your squad likes to cook and you want to like raise your friendship level with them you go to the fucking dining hall and you're like hey we're gonna cook some fucking cook some fucking hot hot fresh dinner for you right now and you guys cook or you can have dinner with them or you can go have tea with them in the garden there's things to do Mike and I love the whole social aspect of the why are you giving me that look I'm just trying to wrap my head around this so is there an act of war going on, but you're, like, hanging out, and you can, like, choose to just, like, all right, guys, let's go to war. So so there's, like, throughout the course of a month, there's usually, like, one main mission at the end of the month. So throughout the first couple weeks, you have to, like, allocate your time. Like, do I want to, like, work on, like, these social interactions with my people here? Or do I want to go out onto the battlefield and do, like, a auxiliary mission? And you can still... So when you when you fight on the battlefield, like if I put my character, it, it's a grid based system. Do you under do you know how Fire Emblem is? No, but I know what a grid is. Well, so the 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 fighting portion of Fire Emblem is like the battlefield is a grid, so everyone moves squares, and then like you know if you're in range of another an enemy unit, you can attack them. So it's like right. it's like you're moving them around the battlefield in the grid base, and if you line up your people so that like my character is fighting next to Bernadette. After I attack that enemy unit, their like friendship will go up because they're fighting next to each other. 
Yeah. So you can also do it on the battlefield, but you should... I think the goal is to, like, you want to have a good balance of, like, you do some side missions on the battlefield, but you also do some stuff with the monastery because you can miss other things and, like, whatever. And you can, like, you know, go to the blacksmith and, like, forge new weapons or upgrade your weapons or, like, you have to sharpen your weapons so they don't break. There's all this other RPG stuff, but there's all the social stuff that's really fun. And you get to go have tea in the garden, so, I mean. Yeah, you've been talking about the tea in the garden a lot. That's, like, a, a thing that people love is tea in the garden. It's great. It's good times. But the other thing that I'm focused on doing right now is there's a there's a thing that happens. I don't know if it's the middle of the game or like a third of the way through, but there's a thing that happens that I'm assuming you must leave the monastery or something, and then your team is you go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So before that happens, if you play your cards right, which is what I'm trying to do with certain units, you can poach people from the other houses Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to poach a few people so I spend a lot of time at the monastery because I'm trying to get them to come to the fucking Black Eagles Mm -hmm. the best team in the game fucking get this blue lions and yellow deer out of here golden deer but uh I, I love it so basically every night with the game for me is usually I spend most of the night working through my month very carefully and then at the end of the month when the main mission pops up I usually either do the main mission and then go to bed or I'm like alright I've done I've done my month of socializing I'll play the main mission tomorrow mm-hmm. and it's usually like a, a night of a mission and then a night of socializing so it's like I, I go back and forth if it's a if I have extra you know if I feel up to it I might keep going but it's it's a nice little like it's a it's a weird like duality of the game of like I'm fucking running around fucking finding lost items and doing all this shit and then I'm going to go fucking kill a bunch of people. It, it's it's a oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's a really what it ultimately makes me though is I'm so mad Persona 5 is not on the Switch. Because I would be playing the shit out of Persona 5 if it came to the Switch. I really hope that because this game is doing so well, it's doing really well. Mm-hmm. I really hope Atlas looks at this and goes, oh, we should probably put Persona 5 on the Switch. Because clearly people want to fucking play this type of game. Um, Black, Black Eagles all day. Um, you have any interest in the game? You just are not a fan of... Don't really care. Is it the strat- strategy RPG aspect of it, or is it just the whole game in general? Yeah, the whole game. I don't get you, Mike. I don't get you. That's fine. I want to get you. I'm trying to crack this nut. I'm trying to, I'm trying to see what this, this. Yeah, I already don't like where the sentence is. Right, 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 I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep it like that. I'll keep it like, I'll, I'll let, I'll let the listeners think about what I was gonna say next. It wasn't anything dirty. You tried to bring them to a dirty place. I didn't say anything about being dirty. Right, it it right. could have just been a very corny joke, and I still wouldn't have cared. For it was it. definitely gonna be a corny joke, and you fucking ruined it. Um, but we should probably move on because I can talk about fire all night. Now I just want to play Fire Emblem. Roll, we won't stay on this topic for too long, but Roll Lock has come to Overwatch. Yeah. And I know we've already talked about how we have felt about this change coming, but now we've spent time playing through the change, and I think we have similar feelings, but I'm going to let you go first. And uh, how do you feel about this change? No, I don't care for it. I don't either. What, what about it do you not like? 
Because um, I don't think we've talked about that. Personally, I just don't like that we have to be locked into a role. I can see the actual use of it. Like, I understand going into a match and, like, it's completely unbalanced because everyone picks, like, a bunch of whatever. The wrong... Not the wrong, but, like, everyone picks a certain character and you're, like, lacking in some department that you feel obligated to fill. Like, you know, whatever. Let's say, you know, everyone picks tanks and it's like, well someone needs to heal these people yeah. I guess I will just do that like not even necessarily DPS but like you know it's lopsided in one way or the other and then like people feel like they're forced into a role they don't actually want to play uh-huh. I get that um, so on that in that regard role lock makes sense I personally didn't care like because I wasn't playing competitive most of the time like yeah. it never really bothered me that much like i you know i pop into total mayhem like oh guys we don't have enough healing but whatever total mayhem i'll just play this character and spam my moves and Mm. things will hopefully work out work out for the best um but i don't really like the current setup because now that we've got roll lock there are certain issues that may arise that i don't think you can really do anything about yeah for me it's it's I do not like the fact that, like, I I understand what they're trying to do, and they're trying to to force a specific way the game plays. I understand that, and I'm not I'm not mad about that. I don't think it's the I like I think that and at its core, Overwatch works best as a game that, similar to most other sports where things can happen dynamically, and good players and good teams can flex to adjust to that and change the course of the game. Um, I mean, it's 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 the same thing you'll see in, you know, baseball. If there's a hitter that's coming up to the plate that usually hits to the right side of the field, the players might shift over a little bit to mm-hmm. account for that because they're probably not going to hit to the left. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, same thing in, in, in basketball. They might change from playing zone defense to man-to-man or boxing one or something. Same thing in football where you have all these different formations for offense and defense to adjust to what's happening on the field dynamically. Uh, same thing with soccer. You might have, you know, two strikers and four midfielders or whatever. You might move that around throughout the course of the game to flex to other people's abilities. Um, and I always liked that about Overwatch that if something wasn't working we could then say, all right, I'm going to go fucking Hanzo. You want to go Lucio or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) And we had that freedom. Now, with 2-2-2, I understand they want to try to get away from stuff like goats, and they want to kind of get more heroes being picked, and they want to do certain things with that, and they ultimately want to just make it so that it's two of each class. I get it. Cool. It's not how the game has always been. I understand the reasons why they want to do it, but I just think that the way that the, the system is being implemented is not great. Um, you have you have the situation a where we're going into a match, 
not knowing what map we're playing on. So maybe on Ilios, I'm really good at DPS, really good at DPS, and you're really good at tank. But we don't know what map's going to be played. So we're picking classes based on no information. Um, so there's that aspect of it. The other aspect of it is, say you pick DPS and I pick support, and Todd picks tank and Joe picks support. We go into the match, and I'm having a really shitty match as support. But you're a really good, you know, Brigitte on this map. Yeah. We can't fucking swap. Not even at the at the halftime point, you know what I mean? That aspect of it is really shitty. I'm pretty sure in OWL right now, they're allowed to swap seats to play different roles. Yeah, I think that... <clears throat> I don't know when that happens. It might have to happen, like... In the switch of a round, I think. Not even, like, a switch of a round. I think you have to, like, play the map. You can switch when you get to the next map, I think. Oh, okay. So you can... you can. I don't even know if it's switch or, like, just sub out people. Like, hey, you know, you're out, you're in. Yeah. Ugh, I don't know. I, I think there will be some changes to how it functions in the game because I don't think at its current point does it function well. I know, I don't remember who said it. I don't know if it was you or Todd or Joe said it the other night while we were playing competitive, <clears throat> was, oh, well, I wish they would give us the option to vote on maps. Mm. Which, I mean, I would like that for a different reason being is anytime Nepal or Ilios or fucking Lijong Tower comes up, I'm going to always pick those maps because I love those maps. I, I think that's kind of a double-edged sword because I don't think that gives... Not that it really matters because we're never going to be like professional players, mm. but I don't think that gives a real, like, I don't think that would give you a true rank of how good you are at the game yeah. if you're only playing levels that you like, mm. if that makes sense. But it might be a way to work around it. I, the thing is, is I've tried to think about what the fix would be to make it a more palatable thing, but the problems I have with it are mostly the inability to switch people in the role spots. Like, even if it was only locked to... If you have a team of six, sure, you can swap, you know, willy-nilly. Mm. But that's not an option, and I don't see that becoming an option. I can see them adding the, at halftime, or in the in between a round, you can swap roles. Mm. But if you're... That kind of defeats the purpose, because the thing that Todd had mentioned was, well, what if they do... What if they do, you just go into competitive, and when you get to the character select screen, everyone picks a role, and like... This is going to be the same problem that people, the people that wanted this change are complaining about, is that they want to play DPS. If they're not quick enough, they're not going to get DPS. Yeah. So they're going to be stuck playing support or tank, and they don't want to, and they're going to get frustrated and either quit the match or not be good. Mm. So that's not really a solution. That's just kind of a, hey, we're going to make this extra hoop that makes the game more frustrating, and you have no guarantee of even playing the role you want to play. So... I don't know. I think I think stepping all the way back on a macro level, I understand the change. I don't like the change. I can I can understand why they're doing it and I can be okay with that aspect. The way that it's currently being implemented, I'm not a huge fan. I hope when the beta is over, they look at statistics or maybe player feedback or something and adjust it. Probably not in this upcoming season, but in the following season of Overwatch, maybe they make some changes to how it works. I just don't really know what those changes would be. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like, and maybe I'm just because <clears throat> the places I like look at Overwatch stuff, 
they're all kind of in the same camp of like, yeah, we've been wanting World Lock forever. This is a godsend. It's really fixed the game. So I don't expect them to make any massive changes to it simply because I think that our opinion is actually the minority. I know, which is really unfortunate. And I, I was hoping that wasn't the case, but I, I think that we are the minority on this one. And I don't, I want to be clear, I don't think they're going to get rid of Rolock. If they do, it won't be anytime soon. Mm. My guess is if they were to ever even consider getting rid of it, it would be after the next season of the Overwatch League. Like, I don't, I don't think it would be until after that season's over. Because mm. um, I think they probably want to see how a full season of that, with that change, that shakes out. Um, and if it turns out making if the player base starts to drop rapidly and the interest in the Overwatch League starts to drop, I think they will make a change, but I I think Rolock is unfortunately here to stay. Um, but, so currently it's only in QP and, and competitive, right? All the arcade modes are not like that? Um, I haven't played any of the arcade modes. I mean, obviously no limits. It wouldn't apply to yeah. that. And then or Mystery cer- Heroes, I guess. Mystery Heroes. I don't know how that would even work. Yeah, it wouldn't work in Mystery Heroes. And I haven't... And that the other game modes, like, you know, Deathmatch or Team Deathmatch or Elimination, I don't... It doesn't work that yeah. way. And then also, even, like, Capture the Flag, I don't think it, you could really... If it really applies there. Yeah, probably not. So, what they will 100% will always do is competitive and quick play will for the most part, mirror what is happening in the Overwatch League for many reasons. One being they want to keep that the same. The other being for teams that are, like, scouting or the college level or all that stuff, they want all that stuff to be, like, actual. Like, this is... They're playing the same rule set as the the pros so we can, you know, see how they actually play, whatever. Mm. So I don't... Whatever the Overwatch League has, it will always be how competitive it is on the other platform, on all the platforms... But I wonder if their way of appeasing both sides would be to make a separate in just put it in arcade and just put like classic. You know what I mean? Like or not no limits, but a way of a way of making how it was mm-hmm. as just another mode. That's what they're doing with quick play. I don't know if they're ever gonna do it with competitive. Oh, quick play they're gonna have both. Quick play they're gonna have quick play classic as like an arcade. Oh. So, yeah, I could see them... I mean, if they're going to implement it that way, I could see them implementing it in, in arcade as just, like, competitive classic or something, or yeah. something like that. Um, even if it's, like, a rotating-in thing. Because yeah. I think they're... I mean, me, you, and Jade aren't really big fans of it. Um, Todd is. But, again, I think it's because Todd plays a lot of solo Overwatch. And I think for the solo player, it's a lot less disheartening to go into a match by yourself and have a structure Mm. and I mean theoretically if you're going into a match because you want to play support you're going to be happy playing support even if you're losing and everyone else that's in the other roles is going to be happy that they're in those roles even if they're losing so you'll probably have less people dropping out and and less people griefing Mm. but I don't know like, Todd loves it because he plays a lot of solo. And it's now a forced structure where he's not going into a match and there's four DPS, yeah. which I don't really have that problem. And you don't really play competitive without us anyway. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I usually do not play competitive unless there's like three to four at least of us on. 
So I usually have a bulk of the team communicating, playing together. So I don't know. It's a it's an unfortunate change that I hope they can make some tweaks to make it run smoother. I'm not going to stop playing Overwatch anytime soon, but it's not my favorite thing they've done to the game. Mm-hmm. This is probably the first time they've made a change to the game that I'm like, ooh. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I probably don't play as much currently. I mean, I already have less of a interest in playing it at its current build. I did play a few matches solo just because I wanted to see how it went. And I will say, I don't normally play or watch competitive solo, but I played a few matches and I won all three of them. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not fun. It's not the, it's not the same, yeah. if that makes sense. And I'm not a person that's like opposed to change, especially in a game like Overwatch that is always constantly evolving and changing. I just, this is a, this is a drastic change. Um, before we kind of get in here to our last few topics... This episode of the Past Control Podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Goodnight Fatty. If you're in the Salem, Massachusetts area on a Friday or Saturday night or Sunday night from 7 to 11, you can head on down to Higginson Square or their new location at 1 Washington Square, the Carriage House, and get yourself a delicious fatty. And if you're unaware of what a fatty is, you should check them out on social media at Goodnight Fatty and educate yourself on these tasty, scrumdiddlyumptious treats. And uh, if you do head down, to Goodnight Fatty. Let them know past the controller sent you. And also, they now have chubbies in the morning. If you want a delicious quick treat for your breakfast on the weekend, you can head down to both of those, uh, no, I'm sorry, just the carriage house, one Washington Square, and get yourself a delicious chubby, or did they decide on a name? Is it a cinnamon roll, cinnamon bun, coffee roll? Did they um, decide on an official name? I don't know. When you go to order it, they have like the savory, the spicy, and they have the sweet. The sweet is the roll. So I don't know if they have a name so for it. So they just call it the sweet. Yeah. What would what would you as being probably the resident uh, cinnamon bun expert? What would you classify it as? I probably call it a bun, but that's because mentally, that's just how well, I, you, like, you classify them all yeah. under that umbrella. It's like a Coca Cola yeah. thing. It's yeah. Like you, like if you wanted a cola, you'd probably say Coke. Um, if I wanted a cola, I'd probably say cola. Like that's what I would do. You're definitely the minority. I know. Okay, all right. I know. Because yeah, I, that's because I pick Pepsi over Coke, and I know, like, it's just gonna. <gasps> Sorry. It'll just be, like, a thing. Did I know that about you? You're a I, Pepsi over Coke guy? I could have sworn we had this conversation, I mean, like, recently. We probably could have. I don't drink soda that often anymore. Really at all. I haven't. Actually, this is the first time in a while I couldn't tell you the last time I had a soda. The last time I had a soda was probably when I saw Endgame. Because the only time I really drink soda is if mm-hmm. I'm, like, at a movie. Because I'm not gonna get the fucking water to wash out all that buttery goodness. Yeah, that's true. And who the fuck wants that? I'm at a movie. I'm going to treat myself. Um, but yeah, head on down to Goodnight Fatty. Let me know what Pass Controller's saying. Mike, I posed this question on Twitter the other day, and partly because I was thinking about it myself. Um, is there a special edition console that could come out between Xbox, Switch, or PlayStation 4 that would make you buy it like is there a special edition special edition well like like I mean look at me I have fucking three Nintendo 3DS's because I had to buy the Zelda ones Mm -hmm. you know what I mean I didn't need them I don't need them I still don't need them I never needed them but I bought them because I wanted them because they were Zelda are there any is there 
any cross up, any crossover that would make you buy a console you definitely don't need? Um, not really, unless hold on, if I can find this image. Um, I think I saw someone like mock this up, and I thought to myself, you know what, I might consider buying that if it really existed. Um, this would be the one, then. This would be the one. Here you go. I don't know if I would actually pick it up. But I was like, yeah, you know what? The JoJo Switch yeah. Lite? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if the back pattern is a significant. I mean, there's an emblem in the middle, so that probably is. I don't know if the rest of the pattern is significant. Mm-hmm. It is a dope mock-up. Like, I'd be yeah. down with that. Is the diamond pattern, like, relevant to something, or is it just the diamond pattern? Uh, I feel like I've seen the imagery a lot in the show, but I can't remember if it was like it wasn't. I think it was just imagery in the show as opposed to like being anything super important. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I can't think of anything. Yeah, it it would have to be like it would have to be something that I like and like a nice design. So if that JoJo. Switch existed and it came out tomorrow. Would you go buy it? I don't think it'd be like a day one purchase for me, but I like I would sit on it for a bit. Is there that one though that would be like I I have to go buy this because it's gonna be a limited run. There's not gonna be a lot of them. Mm-hmm. If I don't buy it now, it's not gonna happen. Is there something like if if there was like a fucking Thanos gauntlet gold shiny switch? I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but like something fucking dope that you. Yeah, I'm. Not that I can think of offhand, and it would, and it would honestly, I think at the very end, it would have to be specifically a switch light, or like a different model of, um, like a a PS4 Pro. It would have to be so, either. So you wouldn't even be down with just a cosmetic change. It would have to be a a new model or an upgraded version or a slimmer version of yes, of okay. something that I already have. All right. I mean, I kind of get that. I'm trying to think. With with my 3DS... Because at least then I could justify it as like a change as opposed to I just replaced my console with some with the same console and I'm probably not going to get rid of the original console. That's, that's a dicey move. See, I... If, like... Like... I'm trying to think. If I was to get... If I was to get a special edition and the current one I had wasn't special for any reason, mm-hmm. I'd be okay with parting with it. No, it's not a question of me not being okay to part with it. It's just, like, I probably won't put the effort into actually removing Like, I still have my Xbox One. You, you need to get rid of it. I, I still have my Xbox One. Do you want to sell it? Huh? Do you want to get rid of it? I probably should, but my point being is that I replaced it with an Xbox One X. So, like, it was an upgrade. Yeah, no, I get that part of it. I mean, yeah, it was I, an upgrade. I upgraded it. It'd, be, it'd be worse well. if I got the same exact console. So I have two of the exact same console in my home. No, I've done this before. Oh, I know. And I they're sitting on my shelf right oh. there. So I'm saying... For you, it would have to be a dope limited edition and a upgraded or something. Yes. So there's no thing that would be the same Switch you already have that could make you buy it. No, because I think... I think even with that, like if it was like the same Switch, I feel like if I really wanted to, I could customize my current Switch to just look like that. What is your favorite intellectual property of all time? Mm. Or at least one of them. 
let's go with hypothetically. What did I just Shrek? Yeah, let's go with Shrek for now. All right, well, let's just say it was Shrek. Well, let's just say Shrek. <laughs> so you're telling me if they don't come up with tomorrow a fucking Shrek Green Switch mm-hmm. that the Joy one Joy Con is fucking Donkey and one Joy Con is the Gingerbread Man, mm-hmm. and when you and when you put them on the Switch instead of it going fucking click it's like shrek and whatever the gingerbread man says i don't know why i picked him i don't know what he does because apparently you're like all right where are the characters in shrek i've already used shrek there's donkey and who else that's it oh he's you put it on he goes i don't know the muffin man or something isn't that his line in the, in the movie uh i remember him being torn and like they were asking about the muffin man. yeah okay all right and then uh and then whenever you dock it it's like this is moss swamp when you undock uh-huh. it it's like uh i don't know fucking smash Mouth starts playing Mm-hmm. Ooh, actually, also, when you boot up the console, Smash Mouth walks onto the screen and goes, now you're playing with power, and then walks off. Okay. You wouldn't buy that day one. Uh, it sounds crazy. I would I would have to be in a mood. I would have to be in, like, a real, like, I want to spend money mood. I'm going to call up fucking Mr. Smash Mouth himself, because I don't know what his name is. I know. I'm going to call up Mike Myers, and I'm like, Mike, I got a mic that is telling me he wouldn't buy this. Can you make one for me? Can you can you get in here and can we get this happening? Mm-hmm. Can we put it in a dangle in his face? Do mm-hmm. a really good Photoshop job and see if we can get him to do it? Mm-hmm. I really like how we committed to the hypothetical Shrek thing. Hey, oh, hypothetical. I'm doing air quotes for those of you listening and not watching. I'm doing air quotes. Hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Mike loves Shrek. Mike has a donkey tattoo on his butt. What do you want me to say to that? I don't know. Prove it. Prove that you don't. <laughs> I'm not making any claims one way or the other. I don't have to prove anything. <laughs> you do. Because, because as far as the listeners know, you have a donkey tattoo on your butt. All right. And unless you show your butt. Listen. and as Nabby's here to see your butt. She, she wants to see it. Nabby wants to see it. And we've it. already established that I don't care for your listeners. And I would they would never be in a position. Your listeners, air quotes for your <laughs> listeners, right? Yeah. That uh, they'd never be in a position to see my butt, so like I have nothing to prove. Like they can go on believing that it exists or not. All right, listen, Mikey, the the, the Pax East twenty twenty panel writes itself, mm-hmm. where it's just gonna be come see Mike's butt. Yeah, and then the after part where uh, Pass the Controller is no longer welcome at Pax Pax East for uh, for blatant nudity. I don't, I don't know because when you do take your pants off, and if you happen to not have a donkey tattoo. We're going to have an on-site tattoo artist to ink up that fresh donkey. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have him mod his tattoo gun, so that or whatever it's called, so when he's doing the tattoo, he's just get zinging you with donkey one-liners. Let's uh, let the record show that Brendan's trying to pimp out my body without my consent. Listen, I would, I would always ask for your consent. I would never not... I would never do something against you. He's over here saying, I'm going to put you on stage. You're going to take your pants off. And when we don't see that donkey tattoo, we're going to make a guy draw a donkey on you. He's going to be saying donkey quotes the entire time in front of a room full of two strangers. (laughs) I I hate you so much. So real quick, before I tell you what my console would be, uh, Jen sent this clip of, assumingly, Diners, Drive-Ins, Dives that Mm -hmm. she said we should watch on the podcast. So I don't know what's about to happen, but we're going to press play. It could be horrible. It's probably going to be horrible. We're going to press play. Scott <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was kind of worth it. I mean, worth it for us, not for the listeners. Yeah. But, fuck it. Can we, Mike, if I can get Guy Fieri to show up, will you let him stencil his face on you? 
It could just be spray paint. It doesn't have to be a tattoo. Yeah, sure, on my arm. Yes. Yeah, I never said butt. That was the donkey thing. Mikey, you're despicable. No, Anyways, guy's not going to show up. I'm like a, I'm an easy sell because if, if, if they put out like a Breath of the Wild 2 limited edition yeah, console, I know, I know you're fucking Even if it's just a, the Switch. Like, listen, I, I, I love uh, Super, Super Smack, Silly, silly Smack Bros. Silly Smack Bros. But didn't they come out with a, like a nope. Switch? Which they did. They didn't? They came out with a Nintendo 3DS XL that I bought and it's still sitting mm. in the box. When, when Ultimate came out, what came out with it? Uh, there was a bundle that came with a GameCube controller, but there was no bu- there was no console bundle. Okay. Or if there was a console bundle, there was no like nothing special. There was no special Joy Cons or anything. Yeah, there wasn't like a Switch that came out that was like etched in the back or anything. Not for that. The only games that I know of that have special edition Switches with the Switch being different mm-hmm. are or the dock or something. Pokemon, yeah. let's go. Uh, I believe Monster Hunter in Japan has a special one and a Disney emoji game. Oh, that's right. So it came Sim up with the, or whatever. It came with the stock, right? This is what I was thinking of. It came with Oh. Yeah, you're right. Okay. And could have sworn on something. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I forgot all about that. But the switch is not. The dock is the thing, but the switch is not. I think the Joy-Cons have that line. Yeah. I don't know anybody that has that switch. Yeah, but anyway, my point being was like, hey, I love Smash, but I didn't run out and buy that. Fair enough. To be fair, though, that was a pretty lackluster mm-hmm. special. In my personal opinion, any of the limited edition Switch bundles that have come out have been whatever. I think there was a special one for Mario Odyssey, too, where the where the Joy-Cons were both red, and they were, like, dark Mario red instead yeah. of the neon red. So, yeah, I don't know. They've been, they've been whatever. I can see them doing one for... Well, they're doing one for Sword and Shield, but is it a Switch Lite? It's a Switch Lite, right? I think it's a Switch Lite. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for, for me, I mean, honestly, it's super low-hanging fruit. If you gave me... For, for PlayStation and Xbox, I feel like it's too late in this generation of consoles. I don't think there's anything they could come out with that would make me buy a new Xbox at this point. But, I mean, if the next Xbox launches with the Halo Infinite bundle, I'll probably buy that if it's not garbage-looking. Um, but that would be a different scenario because I'd be buying a new console anyway. Yeah. But for the Switch, there's still plenty of time for them to throw like a Zelda thing that would get me going. Or if they did, if they did a Switch that was themed by, like themed as an NES or a Super Nintendo, I'd probably be able. Actually, if they did a GameCube flavored one. Mm-hmm. I'd probably bite on that too. I don't feel like the N64 one. The N64 one would probably just be Joy-Cons. Yeah. Uh, which the GameCube one would too, but it would probably be like that GameCube purple, and I'm down with that. Was it Indigo or is it purple? Or I think it was Indigo. Purple? Indigo is, like is a middle blue is, and purple. It's different from purple, but in my mind, they're, it's just this, it's just fancy purple. Fancy purple. Um, so yeah, so that that's where I stand on that. Um spoke too much about Fire Emblem. The last thing that we'll bring up, and then we're going to push this... Damn it, I have so many things we want to talk about. We'll push those for another minute, I guess. Um, the There's been a reveal of a patent for a wireless Super Nintendo controller. Mm-hmm. 
and the the uh, not the barcode, the uh, not the UPC numbers back of a th- item uh, serial serial number. I guess. Yeah. So the the serial number is the same format as the NES controllers they've done for the Switch. Mm-hmm. So signs are pointing to where they're doing this controller for some reason. So what people have been hoping for for a long time and what this is seemingly saying is that there's going to be a they're going to bring Super Nintendo games to the Switch. Now that's a little murky with the way NES games are on the Switch which they're part of the Nintendo Online service mm. and a lot of games both on the NES and the Super Nintendo with the death of the virtual console most of those types of games have found their ways onto current platforms via physical collections like the Mega Man collections and stuff like that so do we think that if this turns out to be Super Nintendo games are coming to the Switch are they going to be part of the online as once a month we get two games or is it going to be eShop what do you think they're going to do with that uh the former you think they're going to tie them to the online yeah two two month have fun now have if fun, they kids. do that which i think that's what they will do but i think the way they're going to do it is i mean in my opinion nintendo online is really inexpensive is it 10 bucks a year? 20 bucks a year? 20 bucks a year. So I'm wondering if they make a tiered system where if you, you know, if you do the 30 bucks a year, you get the Super Nintendo games. And then eventually, if they add Nintendo 64, if you do the 40 bucks a year, you get the N64 library. And then so on. But Do you think that's the model they would go? Do you think they would charge more? Or think they because because the thing with Nintendo games historically is that they hold their value very well on every platform, and they can somehow still re-release old games at a premium price, and people still buy them, myself included. So, are they gonna devalue themselves doing this, or are they gonna make it make their Nintendo Online like? way too good of a value that everyone has to buy it and that's how they make the money back where it's like everyone's buying it because why wouldn't they? I feel like historically in situations like this Nintendo would make the worst move. So whatever that may be which is probably change the price of Nintendo Online. Okay. Do you think that's the worst move though? I, I, I think if they upped the yearly 5 or $10 I think that's wholly justifiable for what they would be bringing to the table in Super Nintendo content. Yeah, I think that'd be uh, an odd move. Really? Mm-hmm. You think 20 bucks a year is worth not only all the online features, which is not a lot, but the ability to play online, because that's what it gives you, the ability mm-hmm. to play online, and a pretty decently robust Nintendo NES uh, library. And then what would ultimately be another pretty robust Super Nintendo library? You think twenty bucks like that? I don't. I feel like that's so undervalued. I feel like people would gladly. I mean, not gladly, but I feel like people would pay sixty bucks for that. 
a year. Um, I forget how the system currently works. It's just how many games do they have for the NES that are just up? Uh, I mean, at this point, I would say there's probably like 30 to 40 games. 30, game, 30 40 games. And Where if we go back in time to the Wii, any NES game was five bucks to yeah. download. You know what I mean? Um, so already it's but it's it's, it's like undervalued. thirty. They just, is it the same or do like they rotate games out? They don't leave the library. They don't leave. They the just library. add two new each month. Okay. Or maybe it's not each month, but they just continually add them. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing ever leaves. It's okay. just staying there. So I don't know. I feel like there's there's room there to to add value but also charge a little bit more of a premium mm-hmm. I mean make it a tiered thing where if there are people that need the online access but don't care about playing classic games cool make it a make it a tiered thing so that not everyone has to uh, you know worry about that mm-hmm. um, are there any games that you would want to see come to this as soon as possible Super Nintendo was I don't know Donkey Kong Country maybe okay I think they could work that out with uh, I mean they got fucking Banjo and Smash I think they could work it out with Microsoft to get that going Um, they've done in the past they did it with the Wii and they have I mean they've done it with multiple things they did it with bringing Diddy Kong Racing to to the DS back in the day they've they've done it before they're working very closely with them now I can definitely see them doing that uh Besides the obvious hits, like you know all the all the fucking bangers, like a link to the past, Super Mario World, Super Metroid, stuff like that, I think it would be really cool if they added some uh, harder to get games. Like, there's a lot of Super Nintendo games that have a very high price tag if you were to try to go get them, and not really a legal way to play them unless you own the cartridge. Uh, yeah. You know, you could obviously get ROMs, but that's not legal if you don't have the cartridge. But, I mean, games like Super Mario RPG, I would obviously want there. Chrono Trigger would be amazing. Um, but, like, a little bit further out there, uh, Hagen, the Final Conflict, a game I never played, but is supposed to be an amazing platforming game that just kind of lives and dies on the, on the Super Nintendo. Um, Illusions of Gaia is another RPG that I've never had the chance to play, and it's never that I've known have come to anything else, other than, again, if you played in the legal ROM. Ogre Battle of the March of the Black Queen is another fantastic strategy RPG that I've never had the chance to play. Um, so that would be those would be cool things to get put on there. Um, but I think with the Super Nintendo in particular, they have some options to put some really cool things that nobody would really have the ability to play unless they found a really rare cart. And that's, they have a lot of like special tournament cartridges like obviously on the nes they have the world championship cartridge but for the super nintendo there's like the star fox challenge that was like a blockbuster tournament and like a donkey kong thing and like an f-zero thing and like a few different like collegiate things and all those cartridges are very very rare and very expensive and i don't i mean maybe there's roms of them online i actually have no idea Mm. but those would be really cool things to add and that i think that would drive a lot of value to that platform to the to like the NES platform uh, Super Nintendo like online couple to go right um, so those would be those would be my my takes mm. I don't know if you have anything else you want to add to that no not particularly alright well before we wrap this up 
we should probably end with Mike's in a minute. Oh. Because I, I have an actual thing that I want to talk about. All right. Have you seen the trailer for Promare? No. Do you know anything about this? No. Do you... Are you a trigger guy? Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. Do you like Kill a Kill or no? Yeah. Kill a Kill, um, Gordon uh, Loggins, good. Which uh, Academia or something? I don't watch it. Which Academia? I know it exists. No, uh, I think it's them too. Oh. I think. I don't know. Anyways, so they they have a, a theatrical release coming out this year, mm-hmm. next month, that I just watched the trailer for because I had no idea it existed. And... It uh, it looks fucking badass, and it's from uh, Trigger, mm-hmm. and Kazuki Nakashima. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're 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 Kill a Kill and Trigger. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else they've made, but it like gives me a lot of Kill a Kill vibes. But the like the the animation style and like the 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 aesthetical choice is mm-hmm. like a neo-punk. I don't know. It's really fucking cool. Like, it's a really, really cool trailer. Like, I, I'm, like, really excited for this movie that I didn't know about until today, and now I'm going to see it when it comes out because it looks fucking badass. I don't know. I actually have to look into tickets because I don't know if it's going to be in theaters or if it's just this weekend of, like, special. Here, yeah. here it is. Um, but we should probably go see it because it looks fucking badass. Yeah. I'll watch it. I, I, I really thought you would have knew about it. I, I'm surprised you don't know about it. Mm-mm. What can I say? I'm a good boy. I guess. Did you look into Golden Boy? Uh, I recall looking it up. I think I like, might have like, just looked at, you know... Like a picture like, or something? Yeah, like the first image results and stuff okay. like that. I don't think I looked into it much further than that. So you don't know anything about this anime? No. Or have never watched it? Mm-mm. So I... I looked it up briefly because I was like, I need to know if this is like a real thing or not. And apparently, it is like a comedy series from the nineties. Mm-hmm. It's just so ridiculous, and apparently has a huge cult following. Doesn't surprise me. It's on Crunchyroll too, ah. so if you want to watch it, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Check out the first episode and just watch the first episode, and then I don't care if you watch another one because I haven't watched another one either. But I really do want to know what you feel about this. I don't even. I'm like trying to remember how I stumbled upon this. It was like a Twitter thread completely unrelated to that that I clicked on the comments or whatever and the person mentioned this with mm-hmm. the like a gif of it and I was like what the fuck is this and then like more people were commenting about Golden Boy like in that thread yeah. and then someone put a YouTube link and I clicked on the YouTube link and it was like the first episode and I was like well, I'm just gonna fucking watch it and see what happens and it's so goofy and the voice acting is fucking so rid- like the voice acting the, the person that voices the main character, like, Kataroshi, I, I forget what his name is, uh, it, it sound like, I don't want to shit on the person doing the voice acting, because it's not, it's not bad, but it sounds like someone doing, like, a fan dub. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it sounds kind of ridiculous. It was, uh... Um, Arguably, it's from the 90s, so, I mean, I mean, there probably wasn't a lot of money going into There was some there. show, oh, I can't remember what it was, I can't remember, like, the name, but I remember, like... It was an anime where, for whatever reason, they legit, like, just goofed around for the dub. Like, it legit. And uh, it was, like, really funny, actually. Just, like, the way... Like, it clearly 
they weren't following the actual Japanese script. They was like, yeah, fuck it, we'll just we'll do some jokes. It was like a it was a paranormal paranormal show. Oh, case closed. Um, not really paranormal. I mean, I guess you consider that the guy got turned into a kid, but after that, it's just like a standard detective show. Um, I never watched that show. I know. Um, but yeah, I'll have to look into that real quick, just so I can find it and then find like a clip from that okay. dub. All right, fair enough. Mike, it's about that time. All right, cool. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Pass Control Podcast. As always, you can find all of our content at PassTheController.io. We're on Twitter and on Instagram at PassController, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash PassController. If you're a fan of the show, you're a friend of the show, you want to help support the show, the easiest way to do that and the freest way to do that is to share us on social media, subscribe to the show, and leave us a review on iTunes. It, I can't stress enough how much that helps us. Uh, we've gotten a few reviews over the past couple days, a few more reviews, and that's huge. So thank you for those of you that have gone on there and left us a review. If you haven't, if you have a few minutes to spare, please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us in growing our audience and more people discovering us. And uh, ultimately, that leads to us doing more cool things for you. If you do have a few bucks to kick around, you can subscribe to us on Twitch. Uh, you can become a member of our Patreon at patreon.com slash passthecontroller. Or you can go to our shop at passthecontroller.threadless.com and get yourself some dope swag made by myself or Joe and uh, yeah if you want to keep the conversation going with us in our community you can hop into our discord the easiest way to do that is to go to our pinned tweet on twitter or send us the DM and we'll get you in there uh, as always you can find me at bgroom and this guy at underscore mycopath and thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Pass Control Podcast episode 156 <laughs>